You're home. How long have you been home? One day. Oh my god, dude, your life's crazy. Insane. Uh-huh. So, um, slow news, news week, huh? <laughs> <laughs> my god. I figured um, we'd talk about the uh, new New York um, City budget or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. What a mess. I know. It's pretty obvious what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Well, we'll get right into it. Yeah, let's just do it. Okay. This is No Politics at the Dinner Table. I'm Tony Biancasino. And I'm Amit Prakash. This week, Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, um, and it's an ongoing war, uh, which is really terrible. And it's what we're going to talk about this week. So let's get to it. All right. Well, we've purposely not really talked about this because I was we we're saving it for this. I mean, I'm glued to my multiple live streaming <laughs> news outlets around the world. Um, what do you, what do you what are you streaming? Like, what are your what are your outlets? Right now, I think Al Jazeera has been doing a good job. Okay, um, I've been streaming them. I'll do like the ABC, NBCs just to see mm-hmm. what the hell they're saying. Um, I do PBS a lot. Okay. You know, there's not really like, the, there's not so much opinionated pundits on there as it's just like they right. tap into whatever's just, going on. Yeah. Um, and then like a bunch of wacky stuff on there. I just like, you know, I always <laughs> need to see like Fox News. I, yeah. I, I probably watch more Fox News than any other cable. News wow. Yeah. Without wow. a doubt. Just just to hear, close. hear what the enemy is saying. I think we all need to do that more. Well, I, it's not even the enemy because I don't think MSNBC oh. is necessarily the ally. Yeah, but it's Fox just news is definitely the enemy. I guess, <laughs> in my but, view, for sure. I mean, yes, I, I'm not defending them, but my point is, if you watch it, it's so dumb, right? It's like it's honestly like I was laughing in bed watching the Laura Ingram <laughs> report. I was laughing because I couldn't believe it's real news. It looks like a it's it's a parody, um, but it's not like. I don't look at them as the enemy. It's it's just all all policy is the enemy. It is like we have dumbed people down so much in this country that like they take that as like news, and that is like a much bigger problem than Fox News. It's the fair and balanced news. Oh um, my god! Yeah, I've, I've been I've been trying to think about what I should be looking at, and so I've been looking at the BBC. Uh, yeah, which is pretty good. They're um, good. You know, and they've got. They've got a very specific view, which I happen to agree with in this time around. Um, but um, but they're they're also like pretty just like hard news. But then I've also been looking at RT, which is the the Russian television network. That's their global network. Yep. Um, and it's interesting because they the way they do it, they're so good at their propaganda. Um, is that it's almost like the headlines are critical of what's going on. Right. That they're like, oh, invasions happening. But then you like read the story and it's like, well, you know, Ukrainian aggressions have un, you know, unleashed uh, uh, an unfortunate response and but necessary response by mm-hmm. by Russian forces and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the things that people are talking about is that. This is a template for future war. 
right? That, that, that the future of war is, is sort of unfolding before us. And the number one thing that started out is that was the information war beforehand, right? Like the, the, the buildup, the sort of the, the beating of the war drums in various ways uh, in order to sort of justify the invasion. Um, and then the invasion itself is, is taking place. It's not really like ground forces it's air power and artillery right like that's that's what do you mean by the new way of war is it just like what we've been doing for 30 years i mean it's not Uh, what we did in 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 iraq not so much right i mean so the there well there it was it was much more um libya was like overnight decision right we're gonna we're gonna bomb um sure but but um here it's the information war insofar as that Vladimir Putin has been telling us for a month, if not longer, that the annexation of the Crimea was just the preamble to something much larger, right? Like sure. that this is, he's been sort of like laying the groundwork um, and effectively creating confusion about, you know, what, what the actual rationale is, whether it's um, Western encroachment on, on uh, what Russia sees as its borders, um, as as the rational rationale for this um, versus the the Western view, which is that this is Russian imperialism at work. Sure. Um, and so, but he's you know he's done a masterful job at muddying those waters, right? Like like what's what? So setting that up is creating like this fog, which then makes you sort of wonder, well, who's right? I don't know who's right. Maybe he's got a point, and you know, uh, et cetera. And that gives the sort of basis for for an invasion, but the invasion is not like the classic twentieth century war, right? It's sure. it's basically air power, right? Um, which is why Ukraine um, is getting just demolished right now because um, if you'll you'll remember that Trump, um, but administrations before, but certainly Trump, you know, made the guarantees of Ukrainian military aid based on whether he would like open that investigation on Hunter Biden and stuff like right. Zelensky would do right. that. Right. And one of the things was air defenses, mm-hmm. right? So that if they had, they had these air defenses that they could, they could fend off, you know, they, you know, right now the Russians are in Kiev, right? So that's, that wouldn't have happened in 48 hours. Right. It would have been a much longer yeah, slog. But, 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 but there, no matter what you arm the Ukrainian army with the Russian military, they're going to lose. was yeah. going to win. And yeah. honestly, maybe quick a quick takeover saves thousands of lives i mean there's multiple ways to look at this you know yeah yeah they it, it was it's inevitable that unless nato or foreign military goes in there and helps them they're gonna lose no matter how you want to slice this definitely gonna lose you know what i was thinking about i was thinking about world war one and when the germans invaded belgium yeah and they thought, okay, we're going to get to France. We're going to wheel around. We're not going to go through France because they've got too many fortified towns. We're going to go north through Belgium and then come from 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 the north of France and down and just take Paris. It'll be a cakewalk, right? And what happened is they met really stiff, unforeseen resistance in Belgium. Yeah, um, and that halted them in their tracks. And effectively, the the line didn't move from you know Belgium and and uh, France for for the next four years. And according to that sort of logic, now it's obviously a different type of war, but if the Ukrainians were able to, and you know, we, we've been reading reports about all these sort of brave Ukrainian soldiers putting up the, the fight that they can put up, you know, to the death even, um, 
But if they were better armed, that might halt, you know, the Russian machine and make what could be a cakewalk into a, you know, a much greater boost of confidence that, okay, now that we've got Ukraine, why not the Baltics? Why not Eastern Poland like we used to have? You know? so, so that if, if Ukraine was able to sort of punch back, still lose, but punch back and bloody um, the Russian forces, that, that a further you know, sure, approachment sure. But I, but I, be, could be you know, questioned at least. Yeah, I I don't think he's going to move past there. I, I think Europe is taking a pretty hard line. I mean, I I don't see that happening. What I wonder, and time will tell, is if what the Russians are going to find out is kind of what we found out in Iraq, which is we're going to go over there, we're going to take the, the we're going to take their military out pr- pretty quickly by you know war standards, um, low casualty on the American side, get Saddam, and then. Everybody, everything will be fine. And I wonder if the Russians are going to learn again that people like living in a democracy and there's going to be little guerrilla yeah. uh, 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 units all over the place. I mean, just think about it. If it happened here and we had our guns, which they armed up a bunch of the, they armed a ton of civilians. It's hard to fight that kind of war. We just lost a bunch of them, and we're, yeah. we're the yeah. apparently the you know the the most powerful military in the history of the world, and we couldn't defeat that. So that's what I'm wondering: is you know Russia will get in there quickly, they'll kind of quote unquote take over, but then Russians will start dying there, and and Ukrainians. But uh, I just don't see the Ukrainian people accepting that now they're part of Russia. I think it's it's going to be a disaster in the long run for both sides. Yeah, no, no. I think I think I think you're totally right. Um, one of there's a lot of. I mean, I, I've been um, looking at some statements from Twitter. I'm, I'm not on Twitter, but like I you can get get you know little yeah, clips yeah, you of it here and there, right? And then they make um, you like try to have an account if you want exactly. To like so you look disgusting. for more than thirty seconds, and then you know they want you in. Yeah. But but there was I was looking at some Ukrainian professors um, whose students all quit class and joined up in the military. Oh, right for away. sure. You know, so, so there's, you know, there, you get invaded and there's going to be a sort of burst. Think of, about you know, it. Okay. Patriotic fervor and so on. The Ukrainians, their democracy is just like ours, right? Imagine some Mexico came in here, but, but Mexico was apparently really powerful and they came in here. Could you imagine? They would have to go through Texas. They have to yeah. go through the South where everybody's yeah. got guns. Like, yeah. that's what I think. I hope. I actually hope that happens. I really hope that these moron dictators realize that, like, you can't just. It's not like the old days where you could just go in and and just you know take over. But to that point, I think the big loser here and winner is the Second Amendment in this country. <laughs> in this country, oh god, I do. To make make a, I, I think I think political not, hay out of what's happening in Ukraine. I don't think you'll see. I think if the Ukrainians fight because the government armed them up, which looks like they were handing out weapons, I think the gun debate in this country is over for the foreseeable future. But that's very different, right? That's not private usage of weapons. It's about the government issuing the weapons, which is government control. 
right? Kind so, of, but they're, so that's, they're, that, but they're kind that's, of giving, they're giving them out. I mean, they're not, I don't think there's like a, you know, they're like a, right, <laughs> right. But, but, you know, but this is, this is the, still the thing. It matters, right? Yeah, it matters who's who, it's not about going to you, gun shows, right? Yeah. But you're, you're trying to bring some logic into this. Here's what the argument's going to be. The Ukrainians are fighting off of foreign power because they have guns. Forget any logic you're going to try to put in this. And, and no Democrat is going to touch that if the Ukrainians successfully put up a fight. They're not going to touch it. It's over. That's my that's my that's okay. my prediction okay. on that. Okay. Good luck. Okay. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit today about why this is happening. Right. Why why this is happening. Now. You had a great and, newsletter, by the way. And if you if, oh, if thanks. our listeners read it, it at least kinda it made me do more research, which mm. I think was the point of your yeah. newsletter. Uh it made me rethink a few things. You know, like I, we're so I'm gonna let you get into it, but just as someone that does not have the historical background you do, it did make me question my instinct. My instinct is like, fuck these motherfuckers. Like, let's fuck them up. Not us, but you know what I mean? And then the way you put it, it's like, I guess we are all slight. The American hypocrisy is is on display in all of us. And we just need to kind of rethink it for a second. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I think... Um... So let's, you know, that's a good segue into what I want to start with, which is like, I have like two broad things I want to talk about today, which uh, reasons why this is happening. And then one, one is like kind of taking the Soviet slash Russian perspective, right? So from the perspective of Russia and the Soviet Union, so let's say early 1990s, right? 1991, the Soviet Union collapses. Um, and two things are happening here is that one thing I think that there's the U S and NATO overplayed their hand, right? That they were too triumphalist in 1991. They're like, Oh, the Soviet union has gone. We won the cold war without, you know, having a, a, you know, a direct hot war. And Gorbachev was, you know, nice enough not to take the whole world down with them. Um, and so, you know, we won and that's great. Um, and you know, this is no longer a problem, but what, what this of course forgot is that yes, the Soviet union collapsed in 1991, but Russia, the very large state that preceded the Soviet union and then outlived the Soviet union continued to exist. And for the least past 500 years has been a pretty big power to be reckoned with on the world stage. Right. So that's, that's one. So it's like an overplaying. Okay. So we're, you know, the Russians initially wanted to join NATO. Even Gorbachev said, okay, if, you know, if we're going to have like this, you know, peaceful fraternal relations, let's just all be in the same military alliance. And that was kind of laughed out of the room by the Americans. And then Yeltsin also in independent Russia after the Soviet Union tried to do that. No. Um, so what did the U.S. and NATO do? They expanded basically to Russia's doorstep. And that was seen as a threat because for the Russians, the whole point of NATO was, okay, it was a military alliance for the Cold War. But if the Cold War is over, why do you have NATO, right? And then why is NATO in like Latvia, right? You know, why is, why is it right, you know, near St. Petersburg, you know, that sort of thing, right? It would be the equivalent of having a, a, a large-scale, powerful military alliance, Um I don't know in Puerto Rico or you know well, well you know, we we have an example of the Cuban Missile Crisis right came, they, the the Soviets came to Cuba and we freaked out right um, so 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 that that sort of thing the 
other part of it is, is that why it's also happening is also due to sort of Western actions, which is that during the two decades of the U.S. failed global war on terror, Vladimir Putin used that time to rearm Russia and have a string of very successful military engagements, including an attack on Georgia in 2008 and then the annexation of Crimea. And so he's like not only rearmed Russia to the teeth, but he's also super popular <laughs> in Russia as well. And as you know, as a muzzle on the media and all that. Right. So those are like Western reasons, you know, and actions that led to this week. Right. There's a sort of at least few decade history behind that. But then the other side is Putin. Um, and here's one thing that I've been reading a lot, which which really annoys me, which says that, oh, well, the Soviet Union, since it's gone, what you have now is Russia is just like a non-ideological state. Right. They're, they're just all about power. Um and while it's true that they're not, you know, fanatically ideological in the way they were during the Soviet Union, imperialism is still an ideology. And Putin is an imperialist, right? Um, and he has just basically shifted the idea from global communist empire to what in Russia they call Eurasianism. Um, and the idea of Eurasianism is that Russia being the most powerful state that straddles both Europe and Asia can act as a religiously rooted conservative force for the societies surrounding it, right? And that there's all this sort of liberalism and radical leftism on the march, and um, Russia can be the sort of keeper of conservative values, which is why you know they you know they 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 ban gay marriage, they attack uh, you know uh, gender transition, all, all 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 those sort of things are part of that sort of ideology, right? So that it is ideological. Mm -hmm. And then the other ideological thing is his view on history. So I don't know if you saw this, but Putin, that article that he wrote on Ukrainian history uh, last year, right, that's been making the rounds again. And basically, it's like an argument about imperial recovery, right? And that, that Ukraine, Ukrainians are Russians without knowing it. And yeah. we just we just need to sort of remind them of, of that, you know, Ukraine does. It's not the same thing as like when the Israelis say the Palestinians don't exist because they just want them out here. It's Ukraine doesn't exist because they're actually Russians, right? Like that's, that's, that's the argument. Uh, and his whole point is that, you know, the Soviets made a mistake by recognizing Ukraine as an independent state, you know, subservient to Moscow, but still in an independent state. Whereas the czars got it right when they were like, no, Ukraine is just Russia. you right. Poland is Russia. You know, like for that, 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 that's, that's the view. Mm -hmm. Um, so like that, that idea, that, that ideology, like, I think we have to remember here is that Putin is an imperialist. The Soviets were imperialists, right? They were, they positioned themselves as the anti-imperialist empire, but they were imperialists too. Um, and that combination together is, is why this is happening right now. And the big question is of course, what is to be done? Right. Um, I don't know if you have any views on what should be done or what can be done at this point. Because right now, my view is that he's painted much of the world into a corner. So unless you want to unleash World War III, um, you, you know, the Western response is basically diplomatic protests and economic san sanctions, right? I mean, that, that's, that's what we're relegated to, but yeah. I don't know. What do you think? 
<laughs> those are your two choices. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. It, it it's pretty. It's pretty telling how crazy this guy is. Even even you know, I understand like NATO at the doorstep. I understand that like his positioning of this, but like, man, we are like just kind of getting out of tears of lockdown around the world, like death, like we haven't seen for a, a century. And it's like, what a time to choose to do this. Like we're all tired. We don't want this. Um, also, you know, I can't help but thinking, imagine if George W. Bush never won and maybe Al Gore won and didn't attack Iraq you know, we probably always would have bombed Afghanistan. Like we had to bomb someone. Um, and like our military hasn't been fighting for 25 years, you know, a, a full scale war like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're always secretly kind of doing stuff. I wonder what would, what our position would be. I wonder if like a big troop deployment over there, not necessarily to enter the Ukraine, but to like just flex. I, I wonder what the stomach would be. My guess is we would probably all be like, let's go because we hadn't we haven't like we're not fatigued mm -hmm. and maybe that would be terrible um you know I, I think we keep making mistakes 2014 when he went in and took over crimea uh we should have hit them with the sanctions we're apparently hitting with now but like you either have to choose are we going to do business with gangsters or not like it's yeah. very simple you can't you can't you can't half-ass it. You can't kind of do it. And I understand there's like economic repercussions in this country with oil and gas. And but either we're going to be hypocrites and just let the Ukrainian people get slaughtered and just keep doing business as usual, so our gas goes down, or we're going to understand that this is one of potentially many more episodes to come. I mean, what is this saying to China with Taiwan? Like, what are we going to do? Hit China with more economic sanctions? It's not going to happen. So. I, I think this is the blueprint for these nutcases over there to take what they think is theirs. And we're not going to do shit about it because we've, we've allowed uh, multiple administrations to exhaust um, our stomach for war right now, which I don't know that it's the answer anyway, but right. I, I don't know what else you could do. I think we need to like get rid of all possible economic transactions with Russia, period. I think that's it. It has to happen. thing that um, is a block in terms of the international community, right? So there, there's broad consensus amongst basically most of the world that, uh, barring China, of course, right, which is kind of important, but, 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 um, but, um, but most of the world saying that, yeah, these economic sanctions all the way make them as tough as possible. And where there's um, disagreement is over two things. One is on oil and gas going into Europe yep. because um, something like a quarter of Germany's uh, energy comes 
through Russia, which is insane. Right. How did um, that happen? Well, you know, it's, it's the luck of the draw where, where you, where the pipelines are and when people find gas and oil. Right. Um, and, uh, Russia got very lucky in the 1970s and has been riding that wave since then. Right. And, and, and so, um, the, the, and the other side is bank transactions. <laughs> so there, that there's this, um, international swift thing that, that basically, um, it's basically like a messaging service that lets international institutions know that, Hey, this transfer is coming in, just, you know, know about it. And if you cut off Russian banks from that, it will throw their financial sector into disarray right. and it, and it could be really crippling. Right. But the Europeans aren't united on that because there's a lot of Russian money in Europe. You know, I mean, you know, every other house in, in London's West end is owned by a Russian oligarch. Right. You know, so, so, you know, that, that's a, that's a problem. So there's no, there's no unanimity on that. Um, so keep, keep letting these rich people ruin yeah. the world. They don't care. Keep voting, for, keep voting for these morons. Keep allowing your senators to trade in the stock market. They don't care. It, it, it's common sense. This is it. Like really, really rich people don't give a shit about you unless you're part of the really, really rich elite. It's their own country, which has no borders. They're all connected. And this is the problem. This is this could be solved much more quickly with with a with fewer people dying if we did if we all did the right thing, which is okay. We're not going to send troops in. We're going to cut off all economic transactions and let your let your people in Russia feel that because guess what? War is not cheap. It's really expensive. Those bombs aren't made in somebody's basement. These are high level, efficient high-tech pieces of equipment that cost i mean we, we spent trillions of dollars fighting a war let them let them take it on i mean i i actually think this is going to be very much like the way the world watched us in the middle east which is yeah if this continues i think it will look good at first remember bush's mission accomplished i think it's going to look like russia's getting what they want these fucking ukrainians are tough dude eastern europeans are tough man they're they're not you know, they live in harsh climates over there. You know, they're, they fight. They're, these are not people. These are not people uh, in, in Los Angeles. These are not elite, like, you know, techie. These, these are people that will punch you in your face. No problem. Uh, I don't see this in the long run being as easy as Russia probably thinks. They're going to cripple them. They're going to beat them up with bombs. And the, But as soon as those foot soldiers start going in there, it's going to be a different war and they're going to, they're going to get it. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you made the parallel with, with Iraq, certainly. Right. Because in terms of the international response, I, there's a lot of parallels, not exact, but they're parallels uh, in the sense that the whole world, including our allies were shouting, no, don't invade Iraq. hundred <laughs> percent. You know, like, except for, you know, Tony Blair, who just turned into a straight up lapdog right away. Um, it was, you know, France, Germany, all of NATO was like, no, don't do this. This is this is a terrible idea. And we did it anyway. And, and guess very what? much like Russia under false uh, pretense. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Literally made up bullshit. Made up. We now know. It's absolutely. Power. Information war. Right. Yeah. So abs absolutely. Absolutely right. So but the international response 
insofar as that there was not like, you know, the Russians didn't say, okay, we're going to stop the Americans from doing this and send troops. That was good, right? Because that would have launched a global massive war where there would have been tens of millions of people dead. Um, and that's the same kind of logic that should be at work here, right? It's terrible, right? That it, it Vladimir Putin is, he's an imperialist, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, death to imperialists. But, but um, at the, at the same time, the, the response can't be military because this, the stakes are just so high now. He said, he's kind of put the world on alert. He, he threatened that any Western country that gets involved will see what he calls a quote, unprecedented response, which is code for a nuclear strike, right? So that it's, it's, you know, he, who knows, you know, I mean, and he's also playing that, you know, madman game, like, you sure. know what I'm going to do. That, right? This is, this is uh, what he does. Yeah. He, he, uh, he, Trump was more of a madman than him. I, I don't I think, I think Putin's a cold, cold blooded murderer, but I don't think he's stupid. Yeah. But also like, you know, I hate when people, I hate when these fucking leaders talk like that. What do you, so what are you going to do? You're going to hit one of us with the nuke? Like, you know what happens. Yeah, we all right. know what happens. If that right. happens, right. could you imagine? I mean, I, I hate that he goes there. I hate that we even entertain that. Yeah. And Come I think, on. I think it's also, you're right that this is, if, if the U S overplayed its hand in the nineties, Putin's overplaying his hand right now. I think so. Um, and because if this does not go sort of absolutely to plan than the way he sees it, um, it's going to be really detrimental. I mean, and the, here's the thing is that why Ukraine, right? Why isn't he invade? You know, the Baltic states also were, you know, part of Tsarist Russia and annexed by, by, by Stalin and so on. So why not them? Well, first of all, they're in NATO, right? And one of the things that he's sort of figured out is that, if you create situations where are there where there are breakaway territories in countries, NATO will not accept any country that has territorial disagreements. You have to have like a sort of coherent territory. So, so hence, like whenever there's a breakaway republic, you're like, ah, oh, yes, I recognize that republic, right? Because it automatically means, yeah, yeah, automatically means they can't join join NATO. But the bigger thing for Ukraine is that it could serve as a model for Russian dissidents and pro-democracy forces in Russia. Right. And that's what he actually fears. Mm -hmm. Right. He's, you know, he's 22 years now in power. He's 69 years old. He's, he sees that the end is coming. Um, and he wants to try to consolidate a certain type of conservative authoritarian order. Um, and I have a feeling that, the whole Ukraine thing is going to backfire and blow up in his face <laughs> and, and, is gonna, is, and is going to cause repercussions, not only just in Ukraine, but in Russia itself, it's going to create a, a, an anti-war movement where there wasn't one before. It's going to create uh, more. I mean, there's already people out in the streets getting arrested um, in Russia. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's going to create a lot of turmoil internally and all, he's already created the turmoil in the world. So I, 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 in, even for his own like self-interest, I think it's a it's a kind of a bad move. Yeah, I mean he's following the bl blueprint of leaders before him. I mean it's a this is unfortunately what Russia is becoming known for. Uh, just the same way United States is 
will in history be known for regi- failed regime changes in other countries. I mean, that that's what we do. Um, I, I, I just think when people get a taste of democracy, you know, it's not like the Ukraine is like a third world country where like people don't have water and food. This is like a fully functioning Western civilization. Like they're driving cars or they're living like we do. That's tough to go in there and think everybody's just going to go, okay, yeah, we're now going to have a dictator. I, I just, I think, I think in the long run, they're going to get fucked up. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I also do think, and this could be, you know, uh, uh, offensive, but I don't think the Russian military is going to necessarily play by the same rules we do. I think they're also going to go in there and fuck people up. Uh, I mean, you know, Vladimir Putin's biggest um, threat is in jail. You know, I, I don't think he has any problem not necessarily following the illusion of war rules. Yeah. But that might push the people to fight even harder because they're not going to trust that they're going to be treated fairly. So I I think in the long I think it's going to look really bleak for a while, unfortunately, but I think in the long run, you're going to see something very similar to our success in the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money, a lot of death, and then at some point, either Putin will die or you know it gets worse. But I don't see him pushing into NATO. Well, come on, man. You know, I, we love war. Don't I, I don't I just, I think he knows if he were to enter Poland or one of those places, it's like it's on. I think so. Don't you? Well, I think so. Insofar as that Poland is a member of NATO, that's right? what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah, so so that he's 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 understood that if he attacks an actual NATO country, not it's a on. sort of NATO adjacent yes. country, then that there will be a response, right? Yes, there'll be there'll a military, be a military response. response. Um, but in the meantime, he can pick off these yep. different places and cause trouble in potential NATO countries by, by creating territorial disputes, right? Like that, that's, that's like the big strategy is that, and the way, and the re, and this is this is I think this is the interesting thing that connects it to American politics, is that you've seen you know you've seen the most sort of outlandish version of the pro Putin Putin stuff on Fox News. Yes, but the more sort of ideologically coherent, if we can put it that way, one is is of the people like Steve Bannon, who basically make the argument that liberalism has made the West decadent and the only way forward is the securing of conservative values and Russia. It so happens to be that right now Russia is the most powerful grantor of conservative values on, on the face of the earth. And it, and it's a good, and they, therefore they are a benevolent force in the, in this, in this worldview when they expand. Right. So that's that's why significant, let's call them like right wing elites and intellectuals are pro Putin, not because they necessarily like Putin, but because they think that what he stands for is is the defense of conservatism. Whereas in America, it's like, oh, there's, you know, you know, there's um, gay marriage and there's there's uh, trans rights and there's there's all this all this in their view, decadence going on. And 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 Russia is going to be the way to sort of save it. So that's why you have all these people. Do you imagine back now? Yeah, clearly they didn't watch Rocky Four. <laughs> if you grew up, 
and you're even if you're a little bit younger than us plus older you could not have watched rocky four and think anything the russians do is something to be modeled after you just can't <laughs> like we are supposed to be programmed to never trust russia like that's that's what we do like i wouldn't you say like out of all the countries in the world including china the one as americans we're supposed to always be like nah is russia yeah, I think so. I mean, the era we grew up in, for sure. 100%. Right? You all know, the cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah. movies. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. you know, I think, like, what's unfortunate about all of this is it, it kind of just shows you how effed up everything is. We're, we're coming out of a pandemic. We're trying to get back on our feet. People have died all over the world. And still in this country... We have popular news anchors, politicians praising Russia. I mean, that is, forget like if you're, and you know, like me, especially me, I don't know about you so much, but like I, I mingle with the crazies, with the right wing nutcases, and I, I can have a beer with them. I don't understand this one. This one, it seems like, like Tucker Carlson should, there should be people kicking down the door and, and locking him up as a traitor. Like that is, and Trump calling Putin a genius. Like that, I, here's my prediction. If Biden keeps handling this the way he's handling it, which so far, if you're going to blame, if you're going to blame Biden for the problems with Russia right now, you're just not paying attention. Yeah. Uh, my critique, I don't have a huge critique of the way he's handling it. I think if he can keep pushing this and sticking to it, you can use a lot of this Russia love against the GOP in November. If, if the Democrats do it properly, it really, I would be watching every tweet from, you saw Ted Cruz praising Biden the other day because Ted Cruz mm -hmm. is psycho, but he's not an idiot. Um, I, I wonder if secretly the uh, Democrats are not mad about this politically speaking. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right because the, there's a division in the right between let's call it the Bannon wing, which yep. is, you know, pro Russia for the reasons I just described. And then the traditional right, which is like Mitch McConnell, right. Yes. Who, who's like come out and said, this is terrible. And yes. Putin's a thug and, you know, et cetera. Right. Um, and who, you know, who are like old cold warriors effectively. Right. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, I, it could, it could be, a useful wedge. I'm sure, right. I'm, sh I'm sure, I'm sure the right will figure out a way to frame it better and, and use it, use it as a stick. Unfortunately, on but yeah. it's right there. The, it's it right is. there for you. It's it right is. there for you to take. I don't know who needs to hear this. It's right. They just, they just literally gave you a layup. This is so easy. This is all I would be talking about. If I were Biden is yeah. that even now, of democracy, I would have pictures, I would have video of all the shit going on, the kids crying and be running ads with Trump, with Tucker Carlson praising Putin and go, this is the Re Republican Party. I mean, I would just like is... send out DVDs of Red Dawn to everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if 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 the Democrats can't seize this opportunity and somehow gain some traction, then I do I honestly think it's over for them. I think it's, I think we'll have to let the Republicans take over for eight years plus to destroy everything for people to then rebel. But I, if they can't figure this one out, 
I mean, you have you have your former president and the most popular conservative news host literally licking the butt of Putin right now. And if you can, if you can't use that, yeah, what else do you need? Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. Um, but 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 also yeah. in, in closing, mm-hmm. I feel terrible for all parties involved, including the Russians. You know, like we joke around, and it's like. It's a, it's government. It's like the way if you go, people are like I oh, fuck the Americans. Like there's, I get what they mean. It's not yeah. about us, you know. It's it's the same way when me and you on this podcast we talk shit about specific countries. We're not talking about the people. Like I just always need to reiterate yeah, yeah. that. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't like I'm joking around, but I don't. I actually find this like super depressing. Like it's brutal to see these families packing up their cars with their kids, and it's like that. It's just it's it's a shame that this is still happening. Like. Yeah. You know, they can't find another way for us all just to live. We got to kill each other. There there was uh, a great historian named Howard Zinn who wrote A People's History of the United States. You yes, that book. I did. Um, he's got a it's great a big line. book, it's a big book, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's a must read. Yeah. Um, and he had this line said, don't don't mistake your government for your country. Right. Right. And and that's that's the key distinction. Yeah, exactly right. When we're talking about global politics we're not talking about we're talking, we're talking about, about policy makers, policy makers. You know, these yeah. desk murderers basically desk yeah. murderers exactly and and you know i i do my, my hope for all this is that somehow we get back to the negotiating table and figure out a way for this to end and no one dies that that's what i want i don't want i don't care about sanctions or bombs that you know the best case scenario is that somehow they can figure this out through negotiation that's what we all want yep all right. Well, I think we're going to be back next week. Right? Yeah, I'm back now, be, so we're good. We're going to be following this for a while too, I think. Oh yeah, but, and we uh, got midterms coming. They're going to be here in a blink of an eye. I know, I know, it's crazy. And I'm and and we can talk about that next time. I, you know, we just gave you a quick. This is this is all I would be doing right now. If I were running <laughs> the Democrats. Is every market start making ads? I wouldn't concentrate on one market. I would go ground up local ads. Not even necessarily pushing one of my candidates, just making you feel sh- I'd shame right. you for right. watching Fox News for thinking yeah. about Trump. I would just shame a couple you. Tucker Carlson Carlson clips. He's giving yeah. it everything you need, and you can you can chop it up and make it even worse than it is. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's the fun part. Anyway, um, all right. Well, no politics at the dinner table is produced by Amit Prakash, uh, tuned by our buddy G Bayroy. Um, our theme song by Alex Tepper, who I sometimes forget to. I mentioned, but it's, you know, very much part of the show and he very much made no money off of that. Um, we will be back next week. Check out our newsletter. Go on our website. It's all there. You can sign up for it. Um, it's uh, pretty active on it and there's some good gems in there. So, um, you know, tell your friends. We're, we're off social media. So, tell all your friends. Tell everyone. We'll see you next week.